Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 65. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis, and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets, and in particular, how economic data influences asset prices. The good news is that the first draft has now been submitted to the editor for their review and comments, and I will keep you posted on the progress as we proceed. So this week, we are reviewing the performance of the global financial markets during the 29th week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 17th to Friday the 21st of July. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States where the economy appears to be much stronger than previously expected. This was due to an unexpected surge in economic activity that has forced Morgan Stanley to make a significant upward revision to its estimates for U.S. economic growth. The surge in activity has been attributed to Biden's Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which is currently driving a boom in large-scale infrastructure projects. And as a result, Morgan Stanley now projects that the U.S. economy will grow by about 1.9% during the first half of this year, which is nearly four times higher than the bank's previous forecast of 0.5%. And in the United Kingdom, inflation cooled off significantly in the month of June, coming in at 7.9% on an annual basis, which was below consensus expectations that had projected an increase of 8.2%. This was a significant decline from May's hotter-than-expected reading of 8.7%, but still continues to run well above the Bank of England's target rate of 2%. 
Meanwhile, core inflation, which excludes the volatile food and energy prices, remained sticky at an annualized pace of 6.9%, but fell from a 31-year high of 7.1% recorded in the month of May. The Bank of England has warned that persistently high inflation in the United Kingdom could easily become entrenched in the economy as the cost of living crisis, coupled with a tight labor market, continues to fuel price increases. In the U.S. stock market, stocks were mixed on Friday as traders assessed the latest corporate earnings, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average continued its winning streak to 10 consecutive sessions. According to the latest data, corporate earnings have been positive so far as 75% of S&P 500 companies that have reported have exceeded analyst expectations. For the day, the 30 stock Dow Jones ticked up by 0.01% to close at 35,227, whilst the S&P 500 added 0.03% to end at 4,536, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq fell 0.22% to finish the session at 14,032. And on a weekly basis, the Dow gained 2.08%, whilst the S&P added 0.69%, and the Nasdaq fell 0.57%. In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields were flat on Friday as investors considered the outlook for interest rates ahead of the Federal Reserve's policy meeting this coming week. The yield on the 10-year Treasury bond was down two basis points to 3.837%, whilst the yield on the two-year Treasury note was trading about one basis point higher at 4.844%. And after holding steady at its last meeting, the Fed is widely expected to hike rates by at least 25 basis points this time around. And this is despite the fact that the latest consumer inflation print came in lower than expected at 3%, but this was still higher than the Fed's target rate of 2%. And for your information, bond yields and prices are inversely correlated. That means that as interest rates rise, bond prices fall and vice versa. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil rose more than a dollar a barrel on Friday, driven higher by the prospect of supply shortages in the coming months, and this was further exacerbated by the rising tensions between Russia and Ukraine. Global supplies are beginning to tighten, and that could accelerate dramatically due to the escalating conflict that has seen Russia hit Ukraine's port facilities. The international benchmark Brent crude rose 1.8% to settle at $81.07 a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate rose 1.9% to settle at $77.07 a barrel.
Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined marginally to $81.27 a barrel from $81.31 the previous week. In the precious metals market, on Thursday, the price of gold advanced to its highest level in about two months, driven mainly by a weaker U.S. dollar, as well as growing expectations that the Fed will conclude its rate-hiking cycle after this week's meeting. Spot gold gained 0.2% to $1,980 per ounce, which was its highest level since the 17th of May. The U.S. dollar index was trading near a 15-month low, making gold less expensive for overseas buyers. Meanwhile, as the Fed considers posing on rate hikes, we note that lower interest rates tend to favor gold as it reduces the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset. And staying in the commodity markets, a Thursday marked the third consecutive day of price increases for wheat after Russia pulled out of the Black Sea Grain Initiative and launched extensive attacks in southern Ukraine that destroyed about 60,000 tons of grain as well as crucial port infrastructure. The Black Sea Grain Initiative provided a humanitarian corridor for the export of Ukrainian grain. And therefore, Russia's decision to terminate the initiative has in effect ended a lifeline for millions across the globe who are facing hunger as well as those struggling with rising food prices. And as a consequence, the most actively traded wheat contract on the Chicago Board of Trade hit a three-week high and was last seen trading around 737 U.S. cents per bushel. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as usual, we start by looking at the foreign exchange market, where during the past week, the Kenya shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to data obtained from the central bank, the Kenya shilling was trading at 141.70 versus the US dollar, compared to 141.29 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the US dollar at between 145 shillings on the lower side to above 150 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 182.96 and the euro was valued at 159 shillings flat. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 25.87 Ugandan shillings and 17.26 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.25. The current trend indicates that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate versus the US dollar 
for the foreseeable future, and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at about 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 60% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that the Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 60 cents will go towards servicing our national debt. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves increased significantly by about $400 million to $7.885 billion, which is equivalent to 4.31 months of import cover. This meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. The increase in reserves was attributed to a disbursement of $415 million that was approved by the International Monetary Fund under the Extended Fund Facility and the Extended Credit Facility Arrangements, which have now been extended for another 48 months until April 2025. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves also recently received a boost of $1 billion from the World Bank. However, despite the support from the World Bank and IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under pressure, and this is mainly due to the rising cost of servicing our external debt obligations that have pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market tightened up during the past week as tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement decreased from 28.3 billion shillings to 18.2 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate increased to 9.76% from 8.57% the previous week. And during the week, the average value traded in the interbank market increased to 24.4 billion shillings from 14.3 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 20th of July, and the central bank received bids totaling 39.4 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 164%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, about 28.4 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve where the 91-day rate rose by 12 basis points to 12.23%, whilst the 182-day rate ticked up by 5 basis points to 12.32%, and the 364-day rate increased by 25 basis points to settle at 12.70%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point.
In the primary bond market on Tuesday, the 18th of July, the Central Bank of Kenya announced a top sale of 20 billion shillings for its July bond issue. The top sale was offered on a first-come, first-served basis, and the central bank received bids totaling 44.4 billion shillings. Again, as the advertised amount of 20 billion shillings, representing a performance of 222%. However, the central bank ended up accepting 43.4 billion shillings, which was divided as follows. For the new bond issue, that is FXD1 stroke 2023 stroke 005, with five years to maturity, the central bank accepted 12.2 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 16.84%, which is the coupon for this bond. And for the reopened bond, that is FXD1 stroke 2016 stroke 010 with 3.2 years left to maturity, the central bank accepted 31.2 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 16.32% vis-a-vis the coupon for this bond, which is at 15.039%. And in the secondary bond market, turnover in the domestic market increased by 2.6% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds recorded a mixed performance with the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in June 2024, increasing the most by 30 basis points from 12.5% the previous week to 12 And at the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20, and the NSE 25 declining by 2.9%, 0.7%, and 1.3% respectively. This takes a year-to-date performance to losses of 13% for the NERSI, 3.7% for the NSC 20, and 8.7% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Safaricom, NCBA Bank, Bamburi, and KCB Group, which declined by 6.3%, 3.3%, 2.5%, and 2% respectively. These losses were however mitigated by gains recorded by other large-cap stocks such as Equity Group and Absa Bank, which increased by 3.3% and 1.2% respectively. During the week, the turnover in equities decreased by 4% to $5.7 million, taking the year-to-date turnover to $476 million. Meanwhile, foreign investors were net buyers for the sixth consecutive week with a net buying position of $1.5 million. However, on a year-to-date basis, foreign investors remained net sellers with a net selling position of about $254 million.
Up next, we look at the topical issue for this week. And this week, we are looking at the following three topical issues. The first topic is on Kenya's plan to raise $1 billion via a syndicated facility. Kenya has embarked on a fresh drive to raise $1 billion through a syndicated loan. According to an article published in the Business Daily, the government is looking to raise $1 billion through a syndicated facility to be arranged by the Trade and Development Bank. And in an attempt to entice global commercial banks and improve its chances for success, the Treasury is exploring the use of a credit insurance cover for this new facility, given the current lack of appetite for emerging market countries like Kenya. The second topic is on Kenya's credit rating. This past week, the credit rating agency Fitch revised the outlook on Kenya's long-term foreign currency rating from stable to negative and downgraded its issuer default rating to a plain B. The revision of Kenya's outlook to negative reflects the increased external financing constraints as well as uncertainty regarding the proposed tax increases due to legal challenges and social unrest. According to Fitch, external debt servicing for the current financial year is expected to rise sharply to about $4.3 billion, and this is mainly due to the 2 billion euro bond that matures in June 2024. In addition to that, the global tightening cycle is bound to present significant headwinds for sovereigns who are planning to refinance their eurobonds in the near future. The third topic is on Kenya's plans to hedge oil imports against a depreciating shilling. In an effort to cushion itself from foreign exchange risk, the Treasury has set up an interest-bearing escrow account that will be used to collect the proceeds from the sale of fuel oil imported through the credit-based government-to-government deal. This deal was initiated to address the shortage of U.S. dollars in the domestic market due to heavy demand from oil marketing companies, which is estimated at about $500 million per month. The escrow account will be used to accumulate funds in Kenya shillings in preparation for the dollar-based payments to be effected once the credit period has lapsed. Meanwhile, the interest earned on this account will be used to cover any currency losses resulting from the depreciation of the shilling. In my view, the use of an interest-bearing escrow account to cover the currency losses arising from the depreciation of the Kenya shilling is not an appropriate solution, and that is because the shilling is depreciating at a much faster rate than the interest rates that are currently available in the market. The Treasury would therefore be better advised to consider more appropriate hedging solutions such as forward exchange contracts as well as currency options which provide both protection and participation.
And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is G at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember, adopt a beginner's mindset and be open to trying new things. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.